let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts more Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. The Moist Line is always thirsty for calls, messages. You can use the iHeartRadio app to do that. All you have to do is use the microphone icon, leave a message for the Moist Line. Or you can call the toll free number, 1 877 Moist 86, 1 877 664 7886. And please, you got the iHeartRadio app? Please follow it. There are uh, many parents and many law enforcement officials trying to get the uh, Senate Public Safety Committee to pass a very simple bill. Uh, uh, those, those disgusting creeps that push fentanyl. The first time one of their customers dies, they get warned that if they keep selling the drugs and a second person dies from fentanyl, then they can be prosecuted for homicide. Imagine this. They kill somebody and they get a warning. And then the second time they get a felony charge. Who would be against this? Yeah. The members of the public safety committees in Sacramento, particularly the state Senate, where, again, they're holding the line. 
alternatives to incarceration. Don't come here with any bill that's going to add or, or give new prison time to anybody. We don't want to hear it. Here's the strangest Don't care how many people are dying. Here's the strangest thing. There's 40 state senators. A majority are co-authoring the bill. 21 out of 40. Yeah, the last time we talked about this, there was a bill that was proposed by a Democrat that got rejected. Unfortunately, the Senate Public Safety Committee is made up almost entirely of anarchists who don't care if your kids die of fentanyl poisoning. They don't want anybody charged with homicide for pushing this deadly fentanyl. And one of the leaders of the group is Scott Weiner out of San Francisco, who is a real weirdo. Uh, we're going to get on now. Matt uh, Capilotto. Capilotto. He, Capiluto. Capiluto. Okay. Yeah, so a, his I daughter a, Alexandra is what this, this is named after Alexandra. Uh, she died from one of these uh, fentanyl-laced pills. She thought she was getting an opioid. Used social media to do this while on break from uh, college, and uh, she passed away from an overdose. So uh, he's made it his mission to try to get Senate Bill 44, Alexandra's Law, telling us that there is going to be heard one more time by the Senate Public Safety Committee. And he reached out to us to see if we could give some help and give out some phone numbers. So let's get into all of this with Matt now. Matt, uh, thanks for coming on again. Uh, what... I mean, Wiener's a real piece of work. Well, is, it, let me clarify a couple of things also. Um, number one, our bill would apply, the warning would apply to anybody convicted of uh, distributing or selling fentanyl uh, at any point. So a death does not have to occur first. We want to prevent a death. So we want to give that warning right when somebody uh, is convicted of their first fentanyl cell, letting them know that if they continue and someone dies as a result of their continued action, then they can be charged with murder. Right, but the homicide charge isn't possible until the second death. That's, that's correct. Right. Um, so, and, and, and you say there's been amendments made to this to address the concerns of these public safety committee people. Uh, are you confident that maybe this yeah. will make it? Well, you know, let me say this. At this point, our bill is the only law enforcement fentanyl measure uh, active for the year. Every single other one has been killed. Uh, we were granted reconsideration, so that tells me there is hope. I do know Senator Umberg has been working very closely with uh, District Attorney uh, Brooke Jenkins from San Francisco in trying to uh, draft language that will appease these senators. So that's been taking place. Um, we do uh, believe, because not only the district attorney of San Francisco, which is a huge shift uh, in that area um, to start going after the drug dealers, but also the mayor of San Francisco uh, agrees with our bill and supports mm -hmm. it. So we think Scott Weiner is facing a, a high amount of pressure, being that uh, he represents that area as a All senator. Right. So, so, so how many state senators are we looking at in this public safety committee? How many people still oppose it how many people are for it on the committee so we've only ever had one person vote for it uh, the other four have always either abstained or or voted no and um so uh, I, I always give credit to senator rosalicia choa bogue she has supported this bill from the get-go she is a co um uh one of the authors uh, of the bill uh, along with senator umberg but you know the others are Senator Scott Weiner, uh, San Francisco, Stephen Bradford, Los Angeles, um, a new person who's the new chair, Aisha Wahab. She's from Hayward, California. Oh, Jesus. And 
and and Nancy Skinner from uh, mm. from Berkeley, California. That is the we, we heard about Aisha yesterday, Matt. That she turned her back and looked away when a mother was testifying about her son dying from fentanyl. She walked she, away. This Aisha. You know, it, it, whenever I've uh, faced these committee members uh, eye to eye, it, it, it's always been a, a disappointment. The real disappointment is when they sit there and tell us how sorry they are uh, for our situation, and no, then they—they're—they're they're not sorry. You—you have—you have four of the hardest core progressives on that public safety committee. That does not represent uh, the uh, philosophy of most Californians, not even most Democrats in California. This is, these are the extremists. These are the true uh, criminal anarchists. Yeah, and I, and I want to point this out. Because of what they've forced us into, we're looking seriously at uh, a ballot initiative. There's a movement right now uh, to put a ballot, to put something on the ballot and take this to the voters. And we know through polling that the voters will support these uh, uh, right. fentanyl. Well, let, me, let me tell you, though, you know, I, I always have a lot of problem with, with the fakery and the posturing that, that politicians do. The Democrats chose these for Democrats to be on the public safety committee. They know what these four are about. They're there to do the dirty work because these four are in protected districts. They'll never be voted out of office, no matter how heinous their voting record, all right? They're all protected. So, of course, they get to go on the public safety committee. And then the rest of the Democrats say, geez, Matt, we'd love to support you. But, you know, according to our protocol, it's got to go through the committee. Well, they put these people on the committee on purpose to thwart these kind of measures. All those other Democrats, a lot of them are culpable, too, because they allow these people to, to, to clog up the committee and block all the worthy uh, laws that someone like you proposes. You do know certainly you're dealing that, with that. This, this is all premeditated. Certainly that comes from leadership. But uh, if they force us into a ballot initiative, we're not going to come out with something that's a mere warning. We're going to come out with something that's a lot stronger. And they can end up uh, very disappointed that they didn't go along with such a common sense measure as, as what we're proposing. You wanted to give out Scott Weiner's phone number. Yes. If I could have any ask uh, of your audience, it would please Start calling today, every day. Call more than once. Call Scott Wiener's uh, uh, office. I'll, I'll give you his number. Um, uh, one of his aides will, will answer and just express that you want uh, Scott Wiener to support this bill. Uh, his phone number is 916-651-4011. And these phone calls can go a, lo a long ways. Uh, they are feeling the pressure. It, it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when we're going to get something. Uh, across uh, that, that is going to hold these death dealers accountable. All right, give me the number again. 916-651-4011. Okay, 916-651-4011. Call Scott Wiener's Senate office. He's on the Public Safety Committee. And tell him he, ought to be, he and the rest of them ought to be voting for this bill, which would uh, eventually uh, permit the state to charge uh, uh, fentanyl pushers with murder after their clients end up dying. Yep, you get a warning, and, but next time you're in big trouble. And if I can say one last thing, the hearing's taking place uh, at 8.30 a.m. Tuesday, April 25th. People can tune in and, and, and watch it, and uh, they'll also have opportunity to call in in support of the bill at that time as well. Yeah, can uh, I we'll ask probably you one talk more? to you, Matt, either Tuesday or Wednesday about the outcome. One yes. more procedural question, which we've dealt with in the past. Sometimes there are ways for a single assemblyman or a single state senator to go to the full Senate 
and sp specifically request a floor vote, that the whole Senate votes, even though it didn't come out of committee. Is there any kind of mechanism here? Because I know we, 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 we dealt with a law like this once where we found out that any of the Democrats at the time could have called for a, a, a bill to be pulled out of the Assembly Public Safety Committee and voted on anyway. And I I'm wonder, have yeah, I asked if that can be done, uh, Senator Umberg will do it. He's a, he's a very crafty legislature and uh, and he knows what he's doing. OK. All right. Well, that's what it takes. All right. Thank you very much, Matt. Good to talk to you again. And uh, we'll be following what happens next Tuesday. Thank you. Talk to you guys soon. All right. It's Matt Capilouto, his daughter, Alexandra was trying to get an opioid pill, but instead it was laced with fentanyl. She died of an overdose, and he has made it his mission to get Alexandra's law passed in Sacramento, known as Senate Bill 44. And as you just heard, 21 of the state's 40 state senators are now co-authors of the amended bill. Yeah. That's already a majority right there, but that, they can't a, get it out of the Danning that, Public Safety Committee. That's a lot of Democrats, because I think, I think there's only... Eight Republicans or so? It might be. I know they have a two-thirds or they have yeah. three-quarters of the Senate. I don't even know. I, I think a majority of those senators supporting this bill are Democrat. Uh, and again, this Wiener's number, 916-651-4011. 916-651-4011. This is just horrendous what we're dealing with here. All right, we've got a little more on this coming up. Uh, Johnny Ken, KFI AM640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. <laughs> You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. If you miss us live 1 to 4, it'll be posted up there at the app, the John and Ken On Demand podcast, KFIAM640.com and on the iHeartRadio app. And again, I repeat, follow that app. Uh, we were just talking about an attempt in Sacramento to get anything passed to deal with the fentanyl crisis. One of the main characters in this dramatic situation is state senator scott wiener of san francisco and uh he along with others in the public safety committee have been blocking bills that deal with uh well dealing with the fentanyl problem particularly going after dealers so here's this headline fatal overdoses in san francisco have killed dozens more people in the first three months of this year compared to the same period last mm -hmm. year and what do you know the vast majority involve fentanyl and the vast majority involve people with quote no fixed address. You want to interpret that for me, John? I think that's homeless. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is this is this uh, is this the government's way of exterminating the homeless? Wow, that would be a pretty harsh solution, wouldn't it? I, but some, you know, if you some, let the drug problem run rampant, and now we're at a point now where fentanyl is out there, which is causing uh, incredible amounts of damage, that is what can happen one by one. Doesn't it make you wonder if if the easy way out for them? People like 61, Scott no fixed address people died yeah. of an overdose in San Francisco yeah. in just the first three months of this year. 61 vagrants. And, and is this, it's like they can't, they, they don't know what to do with these people. They're beyond treatment, all of them. It's like, wow, what if we just let, uh, kind of let nature take its course here? There's a huge supply of fentanyl. Eventually, well, what they claim is we want to stand gonna... by with Narcan and revive them. But yeah, you, but they don't. You're not going to be there. They don't. Right. They don't. You know, you have That's to, why they wanted to have these injection sites so they could come in and, and we could watch them while they take their which, drugs. Which, and, which didn't work either. And and they're closing those sites. But you see, they have snappy little comebacks, which I'm sure are crafted by crisis management teams. We have to have a comeback in case we're questioned. Oh, you know, we, we have Narcan. We have a safe injection. It's like, actually, everything about San Francisco culture is about killing all the vagrants in the streets. There's very little help. Well, the here's the story of what, what you just mentioned. 
They had something called the Tenderloin Center in San Francisco. The staff there claimed they reversed more than 300 overdoses from when it opened in January 2022 when it closed last December. But the mayor closed it because the site was supposed to get people into treatment. Fewer than 1% of visits resulted in connections to treatment. So I'm going to say this. She said it's not really doing what it was intended to do. It doesn't work. These treatment ideas don't work. Addicts don't want to get treatment. You think you would get treatment if you were an addict. If you were actually an addict, you wouldn't want to get it because you like the high. They like being high. They like being stoned. They don't. The treatment is hard. And it's not beyond like. It's addiction. But, addiction doesn't. It just controls you. Yes. So you and and by the way, to try to get weaned off things like fentanyl and heroin. Yeah, how difficult that is. The side effects of withdrawal are horrendous. And didn't we learn? That Narcan is not quite as effective against fentanyl. It's a tough no, one because no. of the way fentanyl works. No. And also against that trank, which is the horse tranquilizer that's mixed into the fentanyl. That's become the new big thing. Yeah. That's probably what's killing a lot of these people in San Francisco because that's just hit the, the country in the last year yeah. or two. Yeah. I don't I don't know how politically connected the guy who owns the, uh, the Narcan company is, but I'm sure he contributes a lot to these Democratic campaigns. And then they they sign contracts for a Narcan supply. You you, you can't. There, there's no treatment for this stuff. Uh, once you allow, well, it comes mayhem. back to the same stupid term we hate with homelessness and drugs. It's called harm reduction. It's a fake we, term. We heard this with COVID, and but, we kind of agreed with it. The COVID philosophy of harm reduction is let people go out, let them uh, socialize, and just take a few precautions. But with drugs and homelessness, it's a, it doesn't work. It's a fake term. Again, it's something to try to stop the debate. It's like, whoa, that sounds interesting. Harm reduction. I haven't heard that term before. Explain more of that philosophy. It's a nonsense BS philosophy. Remember, who loses money if they solve homelessness? Thousands of people in the homeless industry. All these executives who run these homeless nonprofits. The politicians who get money from the homeless nonprofits, right? Campaign contributions. They, they mutually reinforce each other. The, the politicians get campaign money from homeless nonprofits. The, the nonprofits get tax money from the politicians. If they had no homelessness, then wh wh how would they all make their money? Right now, they can rape the, the, uh, the uh, taxpayers for money and they can claim oh we have a new treatment program it's called harm reduction we have all kinds of rehabilitation we have safe injection sites oh they got a million of them huh snappy little terms that you'd never heard before and none of them work of course you don't find that out until months or years later that none of this works addiction is nearly impossible to fix if it's coming off things like meth fentanyl heroin it's nearly impossible. And most people who try to go and get off these drugs fail many times over. All Sometimes right. you just have to get too old and you don't want to deal with it anymore. But not when you're young. You All just right. go for the hit. We have a special guest after 3 o'clock. We've been talking a lot the last few weeks about Huntington Beach and their fight with the state of California and Gavin Newsom to build a whole lot of new housing, a lot of it affordable housing, and ruin their single-family home community. There's another place which is doing this, and it's an island. It's Coronado. We're going to talk to that mayor after 3 o'clock. 
They don't want to do this either. Build a whole bunch of new homes. John and Ken KFI AM 640 live everywhere. The iHeartRadio. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Michael Rappaport, and my wife, Kibi Rappaport, starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. You can hear us on the radio from 1 until 4 or join the the hordes and mobs now listening on the app, the podcast, Johnny Ken On Demand, which uh, gets posted after 4 o'clock. And then you can hear us 24 hours a day. And follow that app like you're in a police chase and you got to catch it, right? Yeah. Follow the app. Follow that app wherever it goes. That's right. Uh, and and then when when you catch it, let us know what it was doing. Okay. The Moist Line is also available for you to connect with on that app using the microphone icon to leave a message. You can call the toll-free number, which is 1-877-MOIST-86, 1-877-664-7886. We'll be playing, of course, the calls from the listeners during the 3 o'clock hour on Friday. Uh, An update on uh, 89-year-old California U.S. Senator Dianne Feinstein. The news this week is that now Democrats are starting to grumble, she's got to go. And they said at least she's got to get off the Senate Judiciary Committee. 
because we're having a hard time getting the judges through that Biden is nominating. They uh, have 21 senators on the committee, and it's split 11 Democrats, 10 Republicans. So with Feinstein gone, it's all the votes are 10-10, and tie votes don't get you confirmed. So the plan was to have her take a leave and be replaced on the Senate Judiciary Committee. And as John just pointed out, since there's 10 Republicans, they said no. Vote was 10-10. Nope, you're not 10. doing that. Nope, you're not doing that. So 10-10 <laughs> to replace her. Whoops. Yeah. So, again, the pressure's on. I love the story last week. I think it was Pelosi. No, this is sexist. They don't say this about men like John Fetterman. She's 89. You can call it ageist if you wanted. They Uh, they lie. They make it up. There's nothing sexist about it. Feinstein has got dementia. Basically has brain damage. Fetterman, too. Neither one of them should be in office. Strong Thurman made it to 100, though. He wasn't making any sense. I know. And everybody's making fun of him at the end. Yeah. She just says stuff. There's there's no sexism here. And, And it's not ageism if your brain doesn't work anymore. And that's the problem. Her brain doesn't work anymore. Yeah, it's just not more evident because she does not do much in public anymore. If you saw a guy with a mangled leg, right? But let's say he got uh, attacked by a pit bull, right? Leg got all chewed up, bone, muscle, the whole thing. It's half amputated. You wouldn't say, oh, he's qualified now to uh, run in marathons. Well, no, he's not. (laughs) Why? Because his leg doesn't work anymore. It's all mangled up. Same thing here. Brain's all mangled up. Not qualified to be a senator anymore. Turning to the border, the Department of Homeland Security head is wonderful, the secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas. There is a call among many Republicans in Congress to impeach him. The border is still a mess. What happened was Biden announced some silly changes with asylum. There was a small downturn in what we call encounters at the border, but actually they're way back up again. I just read the latest report. So he's been appearing before uh, committees. In Congress, the latest was a House uh, Homeland Security Committee hearing. The first clip we have is interesting because apparently last month, the Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz said the border's not secure. Uh, Certainly certain sectors of the nine sectors along the southern border not secure and one sector of the northern border. Not secure. Yeah, by oh, the way, yeah. a lot of people have been coming in through Canada from Central America. Yeah, not Canadians. They make their way up there. That's right. They make their way up there and come through because it's easier. It's not Canadians. Canada into the U.S. No, Can- not Canadians. They're Central Can- Americans and, and such. Canadians don't storm the border. So uh, so here is Congressman August Fluger from Texas questioning Mayorkas. Not a single Democrat came to the hearing that we had in McAllen, Texas, and Chief Ortiz said that the border is not secure. Do you disagree with Chief Ortiz? Congressman, uh, let me uh, return to what you said. Accountability is brought in a court of law. Mr. Mayorkas. I delivered accountability for 12 years. Mr. Mayorkas, do you disagree with the head Border Patrol agent when he said that our border is not secure? Congressman, I have testified to that issue. So you do disagree with him? You disagree with your chief of Border Patrol? I respectfully do in that regard. You do. (laughs) Why don't you say so? The Bozo. committee chair says, oh, now nah, he's lied under oath when he said that the board was secure. <laughs> he does lie under oath. He does lie. Every time he, this, this dog and pony show happens once a month. They drag him up there. They ask him, is the border secure? He says it is. Everyone knows it's not. Thousands and thousands are coming over every day. He's so full of it. 
Yeah, but it's more interesting now because the Republicans control the House, so they can have more of these hearings to make a big noise about this. So why don't they impeach him already? I are there the votes right? It's the same as the president. It goes yeah, through. It'll die the, in the house Senate, and then the Senate votes right. Hey, but you go ahead, put on the show. <laughs> It'd be fun. Although a lot of Americans would be like, "Who's Mayorkas?" Yeah, it's a thing. Uh, now we have a senator from Wisconsin. This Ron Johnson doing the same deal to Mayorkas. Here we go. But Precise. you are failing miserably. Four to five million people. You know, one one point four million unknown gotaways. We have no idea who those people are, what kind of security they risk. You're not giving me any stats whatsoever in terms of the number of people that are human trafficked, how many young girls are sex trafficked. He doesn't care. You don't have a clue. You wouldn't even answer how many dead bodies, which is very well documented, at the border. Do you not care? Do you not have yes. just a, an ounce of human compassion for what your open border policy, No. the type of human depredations it is causing? <laughs> You just sit there looking with a blank look on your face and then saying it's a priority. If it's a priority, how did we let four to five million people in this country <laughs> in, in a little more than yeah, two really. years? Four to five million people. It's a boob. The population of is he gonna 20 to almost 30 states. And you're saying this is a priority? Mr. Secretary, you ought to resign. Yeah, get out. Secretary, sorry, I'd like you to respond to Well, I have a number of uh, responses. Um, The senator mischaracterizes our policies with respect to the security of the southern border. Uh, The senator, (laughs) of course, disparagingly mischaracterizes our commitment to address human trafficking and the exploitation of vulnerable individuals, including children. (laughs) And the senator uh, misstates the data because he confuses encounters with unique individuals. But a number of things I'd have to say in addition to the senator's uh, statements, and I would look forward to doing so, Senator Johnson, uh, subsequent to this hearing. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Mr. Secretary. Grow some hair. He just reads these generic statements. Well, I believe you've mischaracterized. And, well, and it, well, it's all staged. Because that's but, you what know, Johnson's got the numbers. Four and a half to five but, million people have come in. That's not a secure border. Get out of here. See, the House uh, and the Senate can't control this. So they put on these circus acts, right? Oh, we're going to drag him before the committee. Everybody yells at him. He sits there and goes, I know, just takes him. Because the Biden administration tells him to, right? He likes his job. He likes the paycheck. What's he going to do in the private sector, huh? What's this guy? Who's going to hire this guy for anything? So he likes the money, likes the title. And the Biden people are watching from the White House going, okay, good, good. He's doing what we want. Yeah, he's sticking to the script there. And then all the uh, all the Republicans like beat their chests. Oh, you know, we'll show you why you varmint you. What, what happens? Nothing. Nothing. Same old, same old. Yeah. Unless you knock Biden out of office and get somebody else appointed. Uh, I would I would kind of be surprised if this guy, if Biden wins, this guy goes for a second term is because after a while it gets wearying to deal with this, you know. Yeah, but look, he is a was... longtime government hack. He's been in Homeland Security but for years. You know what? If Biden wins. Then there's no reason they have to change their policy. If it doesn't cost them the election, and they could they could uh, pipe in you know another five million uh, illegal aliens, <laughs> then they will pipe in. Pipe in. It's a big the big pipeline. All right, we got more coming up. Johnny Ken KFI AM six forty. We're live everywhere. The iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken on demand from KFI AM six forty. I just have to say, one of the most disgusting habits people have 
is when there's a jar of community pens and somebody chews on the end of the pen. Hmm. That is just so gross. Somebody who uses the studio chews on end the end of the pens. You could get uh, ink into your mouth. And, uh, uh, and I hope they do. <laughs> Coming up after Gross. 3 o'clock, our guest will be the mayor of Coronado down there in uh, San Diego, the island. Uh, they're fighting Sacramento, too, about building more housing to ruin their single-family home neighborhoods that people enjoy. And, of course, it's a pretty wealthy place, Coronado, if you've ever been there. It's a lovely spot for people to uh, head over there for a day when you're down in the San Diego area. Uh, the mayor, like Huntington Beach, Coronado is not putting up with this either, having Sacramento dictate what they should build or not build. We'll get into this after the news at 3 o'clock. Well, John, it's gone viral, and it's time to talk about it. We've all been on a flight where there's a screaming, crying baby. This has probably happened to all of us. John has had three sons, so he's... So I definitely patient. have been on a plane with a crying baby. My own. <laughs> had one, probably. Huh? You probably had one in your well, lap. They, they or... all, well, they all do. So... Yes. Well, uh, and of course, if you're not the parents of the baby, yeah, it can be unsettling, but most of us just put up with it. However, this man was, was having none of it. A flight that started in Baltimore on Southwest Airlines was headed down to Florida. Uh, it was supposed to land down there in uh, Fort Lauderdale. However, there was a weather delay. If you fly to Florida, this happens a lot because of the storms that can roll in. So they got put in a holding pattern. Uh-oh. And the baby, the child, was really wailing. So, of course, this man goes on a rant. And, of course, somebody on the plane whips out their phone to record it. We have about 45 seconds. Stuck in a holding pattern for weather. And an SW, a passenger loses his mind over a baby. Lower Barbarian and booby. There's a lot to go over here, and there's also more additional. We are in a bleeping tin can with a baby in a goddamn echo chamber, and you want to talk to me about being okay? Effing okay. The part that you may have missed there, which is uh, tells you so much of the day and age that we're in, this is, from what I can see from the photos from inside the plane, a black man. And he actually says to the flight attendant, what if that had been a black child? What would we be doing right now? Idiot. And she says, I'm not going there. Yeah, you don't have to you don't have to respond to every she, yeah, racist exactly. crank. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I love I love people who pull that card. Well, not, not, in fact, you can turn the question around. If it was a, a black child, would he be screaming and complaining about the crying? Well, you could turn that around. Yeah, of course you can. They say that he's sit, sitting next to his white wife. They say it's her wife who's got her hand on her forehead like, oh, my God, stop this already. Like her husband's embarrassing her. 
Well, because nothing good comes of this. And and no, it, it, it's yeah, just right. it's just, just because a, you start screaming doesn't mean the baby's going to stop crying. He's it's a, only going to make it worse. He's a stupid toddler, this guy. Okay, he's the toddler because babies cry. They don't know how to speak. Baby's uncomfortable for some reason. Maybe maybe uh, he he's got pain in his ears from being on the plane. Oh, there's a lot of reasons. He, he right? Yeah, right. He could he could be hungry. He could be just just bored and and just he doesn't like the atmosphere. So I mean, I had a, I had had three kids. Went through everything. You, you just you just. I often of, don't fly during the summer because I know this is going to be a situation. So you know, I just avoid it. That's all you have to do. It's just a baby crying. But when you're on those long flights, especially like the overnight flight, yeah, and the baby's and the only thing the happening. Oh my god, that drives me insane. And I've had two kids, but I don't. Well, that's a I, short drive. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> the drive to insanity. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Did your did that Emmer effer pay extra to yell? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the flight attendant says to him because eventually he's he's saying, uh, "Well, it's a baby, and you're a man." That's you know, you're yelling too. You're making but, a lot of noise. But, but, and you're a man. You should know better. As if the parents want to sit and listen to it, right? You think the parents enjoy when their kid is screaming? No, and you, I guess people expect that they can do something by no, comforting there, the baby. There's nothing you can do now when you're when you're in a restaurant. You can take the baby out, and and I, and I did a few times. And actually, it's one way as they become toddlers. When a toddler acts up, you tell them, "Okay, we're leaving the restaurant. We're going to sit outside until you stop." And I sat with 20 minutes with with one of my toddlers. And after that, he never did it again because he realized, oh, well, that ends all the fun, doesn't it? <laughs> and I didn't mind sitting there waiting 20 minutes. I, I you, Maybe, Deborah, you dealt with this. One of my kids you sh- wouldn't go to sleep, right? He used to scream and scream and scream, stand up at the edge of the crib. And I'd read a book by a guy, a Dr. Ferber, mm-hmm. who said... You ferberized your kids? I did. I did. And... He screamed for 45 minutes one night, 45 minutes. And I told my wife, stay out of the room. And I blocked her from coming in the room. And I sat there for 45 minutes until he finally exhausted himself and just collapsed, you know, face down on the mattress. Never did. Yeah. You thought this was a colicky stage or something. It was colic. Yeah. But he never did it again because he, this is how you raise children who aren't spoiled a-holes. Okay. They scream for 45 minutes. You never reward them. And when they realize screaming doesn't get a reward, they learn What's quickly. What's a reward, I'd like to know? Oh, picking them up. They're oh, screaming, and you, you pick them up. They want the attention. They want the attention. So you don't oh, give them the attention. I see. I thought they just... Yeah. It's like, no, you're you're going face down before I am. I'll stay up here all night. But you have to make sure, though, that they're not wet. They don't have a poopy diaper. They're not hungry. They don't have an ear infection. After you go through all of those steps, then no. you know that the baby's okay. And then Look you at can... that thorough mommy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I went through all of that. Uh, John didn't go through any of that. No, I live in the poop. (laughs) Live with the (laughs) diaper. Results speak for themselves. He's saying the kid never did it again. That's impressive. No, no, never did it again. He did at an airport when he was about two. uh, It's all the same kid. We had one kid. 45 (laughs) 45 minutes. Three sons, but one he's circling here. 45 minutes in in the airport. And he threw himself on the ground like, Belly first. And he's kicking and pounding. And, and and I just sat there. I took him off to the side uh, to get him away from everyone else. And I just watched him. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not picking you up. And you're going to have to exhaust yourself and stop. And he did. And that never happened again. Well, what I have seen on a plane, which I don't think is a good idea, 
not when it's an infant, but when it's a kid that can walk, they walk them up and down the aisle. I don't think that's a smart idea because if we get turbulence, that could get really ugly quickly. Yeah. Yeah. One guy did that on one of my flights constantly, ran up and walked up and down the aisle with the child for like 20 minutes. I just don't think that's Well, because all the other a-holes in the plane are staring at him, making bitchy sounds at him. So he's trying to do something. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll open the emergency exit door. Out you go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's pretty harsh. We'll, we'll give the baby a... Uh... I, I didn't think of that. Oh, Did you think of that? No, of course not. Oh. The Brilliant. worst is when the kid is running up and down the aisle, and then he steps on your foot while you're sleeping and wakes you up. <laughs> oh, that sounds like it happened to, to you. Yeah, it, it has happened kicks to me. You. Then you tripped him, yeah. <laughs> All right, coming up next, the mayor uh, It was on our show recently of Coronado, Richard Bailey. You remember why he was on our show, John? No. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, the vagrants. one homeless person. That's right. He has uh, had near zero vagrants in the uh, in but the city. But this isn't about the vagrants. This is about how they are <laughs> snubbing their noses at California's what they're calling affordable housing laws. Oh, they built all this new housing and ruined the character of a lovely place like Coronado. Coming up next, John and Ken KFI AM six forty live everywhere the iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark live in the twenty four hour KFI newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.